0: next to me because I am royalty. Go ahead, tell them. Say, I'm royalty. I'm glad you're you are honored to sit next to me. We're, we're glad you're in the house today. We know that um, God is a good God and he is good all the time. Uh, a couple things before I get into my message today, I want to just kind of share with you. How many of you remember or were here when we had the brown tallit? And the, Okay, good. Just put your hands up. Look around. That's good. We had the brown tallit. I want you to know that that tallit has made its way into all the areas of Oklahoma and is now back in Oklahoma City, and it's going to go on a 49-state uh, tour of the United States, but... Um, it it originally started in Tahlequah, and the Lord had prophesied that the glory door would be open, and His glory would begin to be manifest throughout the state of Oklahoma. And I'm telling you, you can look at some political things and see where there's a battle, but yet the glory of the Lord is coming in and moving. So one one area was within the Native Americans, and oh gosh, it was... It was Billy Graham in the 1960s that said, America would not truly experience revival until the host people were dealt with. The Native Americans are the host people that were here. And in this Native American community, there's a there's a guy by the name of Brent Rose, and he's a young Native American pastor who God is beginning to use, and, and he's, he's connecting him with other young Native American leaders, and there's amazing things that are beginning to happen. He's actually speaking about being a dad. And he's actually been doing some videos where they're going to begin to come out with some teaching of him doing fatherhood. In the Native American community, that's kind of not unheard of. Are you with me? It's like, wait a minute, I, I, I have a dad. I don't ever see him. Or he might be called a drunk Indian or whatever that may be. But how many of you know God is going is to change that and bring new life? Can I say new life? Come on. So now the other thing is there's a, a resolution of apology that is taking place that we're dealing with the underlyings of the issues, the transgressions against the Native people. And in Tennessee, they have now passed that resolution through um, through the the legislation in Tennessee. And they've honored that and said, Father, forgive us. And they're asking a blessing to be released on the Native American community. So let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. And that was passed in Tennessee. And I believe this is, this is all part of where the Talid has been traveling and some things that are going to begin to happen. And we're just going to begin to step into a new place in our lives. So how many of you know, yesterday there were 67 people that came and made a decision for Christ. And now the, they are embarking and stepping into a new life. Say new life. So if you got your Bibles with me, turn with me to Colossians chapter 3 we're going to talk a little bit about the new life. And this is a series that we're going to do for the next three, four, five weeks. I don't know how long. I'm not going to put an end to it. We're just, I'm just going to go until the Lord just, just continues to highlight some things. But I want you guys to know that 20 years, at 20 years old, I gave my life to Christ. 20 years old. And I began to embark on a new life. And I had no idea. What this was. I had no real understanding because I didn't go to church much and uh, I was a, I was a creaster that, you know, in other words, I went at Christmas time and Easter, went a couple times a year. I'd show up, didn't really have a relationship with Jesus, didn't know what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, but I began to embark on this thing called a new life. And in Colossians, Paul is actually talking about some believers. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to read, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. So if you've got an electronic device um, and you can pull that up, if you could pull up the New Living Translation, you're welcome to use that today, your iPad, um, your iPhone, your tablets, whatever it might be. It's the New Living Translation, and I want to read through it and We're just going to take some time and step into some things. There's a couple things that I'm going to be able to do this morning that I really believe that we're going to receive some things that God wants us to get today. Does anybody want to get something from the Lord today? Amen. I came in here to receive. Even though I'm giving out, I came in here to receive. Amen. Um, Living a new life is living in full expectation of what God wants to do. Full expectation of... Of what God wants to do. Full expectation of what God wants to do. I mean, I don't know about you, but I got this, I got this thing that's going on inside of me, and there's certain reasons that it's there. But it's almost like an an expectant thing. It's like, is it coming today? Is it going to be here today? Is it going to show up today? Is it going to be here today? Am I going to walk in this new life today? Am I going to step into this today? Is today the day? Is today the day? Is today today? And I'm like, ooh. And then even tomorrow, when tomorrow comes in the morning, I'm waking up going, is today the day? Is today going to be the day? The day is going to be the day. It's going to be the day. Today is going to be the day. It's going to be the day. I'm telling you, God wants to bring something in your life, and He doesn't want to wait six years from now. He doesn't want to wait seven days from now. He wants to bring something in your life. But how many of you know? Well, let's be expecting it. Turn to your neighbor and say, "Get ready." Come on, tell your other neighbors to get ready, because we got to expect something. I want to get to that place where like something good's going to happen today. And how many of you know that we've got just the opposite, where there's some people are going, "I don't know," but something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen today. Something bad's going to happen today. Oh, something bad's going to happen today. And I'm like, get away from me. Because something good's going to happen today for me. Amen? Even if something bad happens, God says, if something bad happens, he's going to work that out for your good. Turn to your neighbor and say, get some expectancy on. (laughs) Get some expectancy on. Okay, the New Living Translation I'm going to read through. Colossians 1 through 17, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Um, Since you've been raised to new life, say new life, with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not things on the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden in Christ, in God, with Christ, in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. In other words, look at me just a second. In other words, our life is hidden in Christ. When I become a new creation in Christ Jesus, it has to be in God. And last week I used an example, and and many of you may remember the example, but I want to show you visually what I'm talking about. What's inside this egg Is there a chicken in there well it's it's not there could be to start with are you with me but there's life inside this how many of you know you eat it it gives you nutrition there's protein in this egg isn't there and it gives you new life so what what I'm saying is that if I could picture something that would make me understand that I am in Christ it would be like this egg are you with me let me explain just a moment in the, uh, the outer shell, when this is fertilized and it becomes a, a little chick, how many of you know it breaks out of the shell? But inside is everything that they need for life. Oh, come on, somebody. And will you agree? Say, I agree. So you agree with this and you say, okay, look, so to me, I am in Christ. And it's hard for us to understand. What do you mean I'm in Christ? In Christ the Bible says I move and breathe and have my being. In this egg this chicken can move and breathe and have its being, are you with me? And new life and then it will break out of the shell and it will become, you know, productive. You're either going to eat its remains. <laughs> I like chicken, you know, bless God. So, you know, or or you you can eat you can eat the egg, but inside this is everything you need. How many of you know Inside Christ is everything we need. Oh, let me say that again. Inside Christ is everything we need. So when I take off the old life and I put on the new life, it's in that life, inside of Christ, that has everything that I need. Do you know that my spirit, when it's renewed with the things of God, in 1 Corinthians it says, his spirit and my spirit become one. And in there is everything that I need. And a lot of times I'm looking outside to get what I need when it's right here in Christ. Can I get an amen? So he's talking about this. He's really talking about this. In verse 3 he says, You died to this life and your real life is hidden in "...with Christ in God, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory." You know, he's talking about when when you meet Christ or the coming of Christ again. Verse 5, "...so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires." Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. And we're scared about the anger of God, but in Christ, when you're in Christ, how many of you know the anger of God's not coming upon me? Because I'm in Christ, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you're outside of Christ, how many of you know 67 people came and got inside of Christ yesterday? Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when I'm in Christ, and I'm moving and breathing and having my being, how many of you know that God looks at me, and he sees me cleansed and pure and whole because he's looking through the blood of Jesus? He's not looking at your mess because you're in Christ. Are you in Christ today? And he goes on, and he... He talks about these things in verse 7. You used to do these things when your life was part of this world. You used to do these things when your life was part of this world. You used to do these things. <laughs> I mean, it's somebody like, you know, you're not all that perfect. No, I'm not perfect, but Christ makes me perfect. I used to do those things. Are you with me? I, I, you know, the truth is, I used to do those things that he talked about earlier. But now that I'm in Christ, here's what he goes on and he talks about. He says, verse 8, say, but now. Come on, say it again. Come on, everybody. But now. But now, you know what he's saying? He's telling the Colossians Colossians church, he's saying, you used to be this way. No longer do you have to be that way any longer. You can now be way this way and this is what i love to see and i love to read he said but now is the time to get rid of anger can i tell you the truth i used to have a problem with anger man i'm telling you what i believed the lie that just because i was a little red-headed kid and what do they say about red-headed people well you just got you're just angry I thought I was raised up to be angry. So I'm telling you, I, might, I, might, I, w- I would get in trouble. I would fight people, and I was a little bitty guy, you know, in high school. I was the smallest kid in school. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The smallest kid in school. 1,400 people in my class, and I was the smallest one. So I would be angry. I mean, these big old guys, we'd get into it in a minute. I'm like, you want to go? Let's go right now. And right in the middle of class, we'd get up. I remember one time I got up in the 10th grade. This guy was like, I'm going to kick your you-know-what. I said, okay, let's go. Let's bring it on. And he says, you want to go now? I said, let's go now. And we're talking about the teachers in the middle of teaching. We'd get up. I walk to the door. I open the door. This big old boy walks out. He walks out. I close the door and go back and sit down. This is the truth. And the teacher said, Eric what's the matter with I'm going to leave his name out and I said I don't know (laughs) what I was trying to tell you is I had a problem with anger I could get angry I could get agitated I could get frustrated oh come on somebody there may be not be, all of you may not be dealing with that. But I had to deal with that, and it was just like I dealt with it and had to deal with it, and I dealt with it and had to deal with it, and I didn't know how to deal with it. And then I realized that inside of Christ, I have the power and the authority in the kingdom of God that I can step out of allowing anger to control me. Because the Bible doesn't say not to get angry. But it does said if you get angry, sin not. I mean, God got mad at times. There's times where I get mad. I get mad at the enemy. I get mad at what he's doing to people. I get mad at the lies that people are listening to. And, that, and I had to deal with that anger. Okay, go back to the, go back to the word. Uh, where was I? Verse 8. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old self nature and its wicked deeds And he goes on to this, get ready. He says, put on your new nature, your new life. What? The thoughts that I used to have, the ways that I used to think before, I had to come in and say, wait a minute, how does God feel about me? And I had the same shift that some of you are going through, that God is not mad at you, he's not upset with you, but you are royalty you have a destiny, you have a plan, you have a purpose, and although there may be some decisions that you've made that affected your life, and there's consequences you're walking out, I'm telling you, you still got a plan, you still got a purpose, you still have a destiny, come on somebody, and those things that are still on, God says the deal is still on, the deal is still on, and you continue to walk in that new life. Can I get an amen? So he goes on and he says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Verse 11, in this new life, say new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matter and he lives in all of us. Verse 12, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves, he, you must be clothed yourself with tenderhearted, this is it, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Some people want to say, well, how do I live this Christian life? Right, there's an answer. How do I understand? Well, when I get mad, I try to operate in humility. I try to operate in gentleness. I try to have Patience. It's the same word, you know, some of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a King James Version that talks about one of them being long-suffering. It's not so that you can suffer a long time. You better look it up in the Greek. That word literally means patience. To be patient. To be able to be patient in situations that come against you. And those situations, what we do is this. We respond to the situation instead of reacting. We respond, and it's like having a long fuse. You light it. What happens is most of the time, most of us, we light it, boom, and it goes off. So you got anger, you light it, boom, and it goes off. And you're like, boom, there goes Eric again. He just went off. Are you with me? But I had to come to that place where it was like, okay, wait a minute. I need to be patient so when you light the fuse. Sh- How come he didn't act? How come he didn't react? How come he didn't act like I thought he was going to act or act like he used to act? And he just didn't blow up. Are you with me? And then all of a sudden the fuse is still going. Sh- then I realized that the word says that, that a gentle word turns away. Wrath or keeps you from getting angry. And the fuse is still going, shh, shh, sh- and then all of a sudden your mind well just go, shh, put it out. So you, re- instead of reacting to a situation, you begin to respond. And you respond how? The way God wants us to respond. I always want that. But how many of you, that's hard, isn't it? Come on, everybody. Come on, it's hard. And there's some times it's difficult. But I, know, I want you to know that you can do it. Verse 12 says, you were chosen. God says he chose you. Say, I'm the chosen one. (laughs) Come on, you are. You are. You're you're, you're a chosen one. And see, a lot of us, you you can say it and you're like, you're saying, Pastor said, I'm the chosen one. But in your mind, you're going, no, I'm not. I can't do nothing. I'm just an ordinary person. You may be an ordinary person, but doing extraordinary things. And you're special, and you're so amazing because what? God chose you. Oh, come on. He could have chose somebody else, but he chose you. He could have chose some other church to do the back-to-school bash, but he chose you. Are you with me? He chose you to be able to do it and for us to be able to lead people to a relationship in Jesus Christ. He goes on and it says you must close yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Last week Last week, we kind of did the forgiveness thing. How many of you got some relief there? Amen. Came to that place where it's letting somebody else go. So I want to encourage you, if you weren't here last week, this week we said, who in it in your life that you need to release? You need to forgive them their faults. The Bible literally means forgiveness means to pardon. Who do you need to give a pardon to? He says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, remember, the Lord forgave you. He sent Jesus To be a pardon for you. To take the sin on his back. Are you with me? To take the judgment. To take the verdict. Are you with me? And to give you a pardon. He says, For the Lord forgave you, you must forgive others. Verse 14. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you're called to live in peace. And always, 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 be thankful. Verse 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom that he gives. How many need wisdom from the Lord? I need some wisdom from the Lord. Man, I just feel like it's, a, it's an opportune time right now. Let's just take a moment. Let's just, let me just pray for that wisdom. Father, your word says in James for us to ask for Wisdom I want you guys today right now just those of you that said I need some wisdom just ask them just say Lord I need some wisdom give me some wisdom wisdom for situations wisdom for circumstances I need wisdom Lord God in all areas in my life We thank you for this wisdom and we're gonna stand and receive this we want wisdom from you God in Jesus name Amen Amen so verse 16 he says counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with a thankful heart. And verse 17. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So let's go back and let's focus on verse 15. God wants us to be able to operate in new life. We need to be thankful. Remember... Do you, know the cons- the, do you know what was going on in Paul's life when he wrote this? He was in jail. He was in jail. He was behind bars. But yet he was able to keep a thankful heart. He was a Roman prisoner. He wrote this letter. And in this letter, he emphasized three things. And I want us to take a look at them real quickly. And it was really on Thanksgiving. Say Thanksgiving. Okay, let's look at the scripture up here on the screen and let the peace that comes from christ what rule in your hearts have dominion in your hearts how many of you need peace i need peace that peace has got to rule over situations and circumstances in your life how many of you can get a bad report that peace has got to rule over that bad report you can hear about some difficult things that peace has got to rule over so he says let that peace rule in your hearts now this is paul he's in prison Do you think he had some little anxiety going on? Do you think he was probably faced almost every day for being killed? You know, he probably wasn't well taken care of. I want you to understand, back in that day, he didn't have three square meals and a television he could watch. Hello? See, now we're thinking, oh, prison, that's a good deal. No, it was pretty nasty. In fact, I could go into how some of the prisoners, this is is terrible, but it's true, were actually in the prison with their own feces. You talk about being a nasty, stinking thing that you didn't ever want to stay in there and you wanted to get on out. That's the prison that Paul was in. So he's in Rome. And there were times where he was in his own home, you know what I mean? And, and he had some of the amenities the, the of, of being at home. But this, at this time, he begins to write about this. So he says, as members of one body, you were called to what? Live in peace and always be what? Always be what? I'm going to talk to everyone in there today. Please listen to this. I want you to know how thankful we are. I want you to know how thankful Shelly and I are. Those of you that helped out in the school bash, that's great. That's wonderful. And I want want you to know how thankful we are. You don't hear it enough. We probably can get up here and say, we are thankful for you. And it may just go, and you never catch it. I want you to catch it. We are very thankful for you. We're thankful for the lives that you touch. We're thankful that when you come in here, that you can come in here and you can minister to each other. I was looking around today and I was watching one person pray for another person over there. And one person encourage another person over there. I just want you to know how thankful we are. You don't, we don't say it enough. I don't say it enough. But I want you to hear loud and clear that we're very thankful for you. And we want to honor you. We want to thank you for that. Our goal is to be able to let you know, just like Paul, how thankful we are. Let's look at verse 16. He goes on and he says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And what's his second focus on this scripture? Same one as verse 15. And what? To God with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Here's a guy in a situation that is probably just as bad as any situation in your life or anything else that you may go through, and he's saying, Hey, you know what you guys got to do? You still got to be thankful. Thankful for what? Thankful for this? Thankful for what? How many of you know there's times in our lives that we go through situations and circumstances that it's almost like we're blinded. We don't see what's on the other side. And we can become very unthankful ungrateful and I want you to know that we've got to begin to look at Paul and look what it says in Colossians and look at what it means to have a new life that new life is to be thankful man I remember one time we were praying and we we didn't we had bologna sandwiches and and when we were together as a family this this one gentleman he was like you know let me pray and he was like father I thank you for this bologna sandwiches And he was honest in his heart. And he said, I thank you for this bologna sandwiches. And I also thank you that I don't have to have them every day. And some people could look at that and go, that's selfish. No, he's really showing his heart. He's thankful for what he had. But how many of you know, he'd like to have steak every now and then too. Can I get an amen? Or he'd like to have some maybe chicken every now and then. Are you with me? Or maybe some eggs. But to, to be able to have that. I mean, how many of you know the children of Israel got manna every single day, and all of a sudden they begin, except for on Sundays, and he would give more on Saturday, or which was really Friday, because Saturday was a Sabbath, so it, never mind. Because people are go, he didn't get them every single day. Okay, you technical people. He gave them manna. And the Israelites got to the point where they're like, I don't like it. I want to go back to Egypt, man. They had some leeks there, man. They sautéed some stuff. They had little spices on there. And they forgot all about the 16 hours of hard labor that they worked. And all they could remember is the leeks and the onions. And they were so good. And the sautéed stuff. I mean, that's all they remembered. So we've got to come to that place where we need to be thankful. Let's look at, at verse 17. So not only did he talk about being thankful in verse 15, 16, and now 17. And this is where we're going to park. And I'm going to talk about this scripture in the upcoming days and weeks ahead. He says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Giving thanks through him. So I'm going to ask you. I'm going to I want a couple of people to come up and share about a thanksgiving. I'm going to ask you if you could. Look at a situation and say, you know what? I'm thankful for this situation in our lives. So I'm just going to, anybody would do that. I just want you to put up your hand. I want Linda come on up. Anybody else? Anybody else? Kelly, come on up. Anybody else want to share with one more? Joe, come on up. I want you three guys to just go and take a few moments, let you guys just share a situation in your life that you can give God thanksgiving for. So I'm going to let Pastor Linda go first here. Come on
1: I am so thankful for you guys. Last week I stood up here and said that there was a need at the homeless shelter, and asked if you would help me provide for them as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the generosity of your hearts just blew me away. There was no smallness or stinginess in what we did. That's a significant donation that will make a difference in lives. And I am so thankful for you.
2: About six weeks ago, <clears throat> I talked about how my baby brother had had a heart attack, and in the process of uh, having a reality check, he was in uh, BSA hospital down in Amarillo. They were going to do the heart cath the next morning. You know, you, the enzymes are there, all the labs. You know, he's he's had the heart attack, and it's been a day and a half now. And, but he. Um, he received the Lord. This brother of mine that's like, talk to the hand because I don't need this religion stuff, okay? All of a sudden, here he is, and he receives the Lord. And a cousin of mine was, she's an RN, she was watching the, the heart monitor, and immediately his vitals lined out. And they do the heart cath the next morning, and The professionals come out, and they are astounded because there's been no heart attack. There's been no damage. There's no blockages. There is no evidence whatsoever. He had been miraculously restored at the time of his conversion the night before. Okay, now, it's been about six weeks ago. And this brother, which used to talk to the hand, has been in church virtually every Sunday since. Um. Monday evening, he was walking out to a, an irrigation motor he's got, and, and you have to put a lot of oil on those things. and It's always so muddy around that wellhead. So he would laid a plank out there, and he had walked this plank a jillion times, had buckets of oil in each hand. And that plank slipped, twisted, and flipped him onto that open running irrigation motor. And he, it threw him right onto the drive shaft of it and he it ripped his shirt off and he thought at that moment it had disemboweled him and there's just little slivers of his shirt is all that's left and and it's just miraculous because the friction it's not the heat of the things the friction totally skinned him all the way around and yet it just exposed his love handles and stuff right down to the bareness but again we are just so odd he has seen two miracles in less than six weeks and and he was a little bit embarrassed because he was gonna have to go church in a pair of bib overalls today now he's he's about as redneck cowboy as they come and to him to wear bib overalls i mean that's just slumming that's slumming because you need your your snap down western shirt you know and everything's tucked in and nice and And you take your hat off when you go in the door, but still, this is just the way it is. But I just, I especially am so thankful for my parents' viewpoint because we had just lost my other brother less than two years ago. And, you know, they just not recovered from that. And so here's been two calls where the enemy come to kill, steal, and destroy. And yet the Lord has drawn boundaries and said no. And so it's one of those... Milestone moments where you see what could have been, and yet the Lord, because he's the author and the finisher of our faith, I know the plans I have for you, and it's not for harm. And we can vividly see that as one of those huge boulders that's set up as a testament, that every time you look at that thing, you remember the goodness of God. And so it's just one of those deals. In the middle of my unsaved redneck family, we can see that God has set two boulders, two testaments of miraculous things that we cannot deny. So it's just like, yay, go God, go.
1: Uh, Well, good morning, first of all. And uh, it's been quite a while since I've done something like this. I'm actually thankful to god because uh, you all know i have three kids i have my vanessa my bash and my Vladimir, and i'm thankful for god just for my two last kids for Vladimir and bash because uh, i never told this uh almost nobody this but um my little bash when he was born uh he came out with the what you call it with the with the the cord in his neck and doctors were really really worried about him that day and they went ahead and got the the well, not the operation. They just uh, went ahead and worked with my wife, and they went ahead and got him actually right. When he came out, he came out purple because he was just choking him. But he came out right. Everything's all right. He's here. He's alive, and I love him right now. And then last year when my when my wife was pregnant with Vladimir, uh, they went ahead and told us that he, he might have some complications with the spinal cord. And uh, I told the pastors, and I told my mom, I told my other pastors over there in Mexico. We all prayed and prayed and prayed, and they went ahead and made the results. And they said that they were not sure that until he was born, they were not going to know if it was going to be any problems or nothing like that. And my baby came along one month before time, and we went ahead and checked him out. The doctor said he came out all right. He doesn't have any problem, and thank God he's all right and well. I just love my kids. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Hallelujah! Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. He is worthy. He is worthy. See, a lot of times we can be so we can be so well. How come it happened to him, and what about my kids? Let's just be thankful, and let's begin to look at it. This, Susan, if you will, go ahead and come. Here's what I want you to understand. Paul, in the midst of what he was going through, he continued to give emphasis on being thankful. Paul, in the middle of being in prison, he continued to say, let's be thankful. And and, and he said, always, not just now and then when the situation's good or if you got steak on your table or, you know what I mean, life is good and your bank account's got some monies in it and, you know, but, but always be thankful. I remember a time when I had, had first got, had connected with God and I'd given him my life. How many of you know, you used to be able to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and get a three-piece chicken. I like chicken, y'all. So they're, they're like, what is this theme on the chicken thing? I, I, I ate a lot of chicken. I ate a lot of chicken in my life. and somebody, You know, a lot of times because it's inexpensive. But there was a time in my life. It was a time in my life. When I had a choice of paying my house payment, rent, now. It was my house payment now, rent, it was back then. And had a place to live. And whether to buy the next 12-pack of beer. There was a time when I had a choice of either putting food and eating that night. Or buying a 12-pack of beer. How I many you know, there's many times I chose the 12-pack. But Kentucky Fried Chicken at one time had a $1.99 for you to be able to get a three-piece meal a $1.99 and I remember one time looking in my car and looking under the mat and looking in between and looking at the cushions or well maybe that's maybe y'all don't know that about me but I remember one time saying you know what I'm gonna make my, my rent payment so I've got a roof over my head and I'm not gonna buy that 12 pack of beer but I am hungry And I remember looking for something and I fasted for a day but it wasn't because I was really fasting. I didn't know what it was. Then I was just going without because I didn't have any money. And I wanted to be responsible and I wanted to pay my rent payment and I wanted to keep a roof not only over my head but my two roommates' head. So I remember going into Kentucky Fried Chicken and getting that three-piece meal. And this wasn't long after I'd given my life to Christ and I remember just looking at that and I remember being so thankful man I, I tore that chicken up I mean I licked the bone what in your life are you looking at today and you can say wait a minute I need to change the way I view this or I need to see like earlier Jesus walk into that situation and become thankful you're a representative of Christ and yes others are watching how you handle that situation are you gonna run to the drug are you gonna run to the alcohol are you gonna run to the anger or bitterness or hatred are you gonna run to the gossiping and murmuring griping and complaining or are you gonna say I'm in Christ and I'm gonna run to peace I'm gonna run to strength I'm going to be an overcomer. I'm going to run to you, God. So as a representative of Christ, can you come to that place that you're thankful? So here's what I want you to know. That God's not unaware of your situation. He's well aware. He's also well aware that He's equipped you with everything in Christ to overcome that situation. here's what I want you to do this week this month however long we're on this topic of new life say wow and maybe I was taking this for granted or maybe I didn't enjoy the process of this let's come to that place where we're saying I want to be thankful I want to be f- thankful and allow Christ to have first place in your life. If you will, as we close, we just stand to your feet today. Don't miss this series of New Life because we're also going to talk about God's grace, we're going to talk about His favor. And it's the grace of God, the goodness of God, that leads a man to repentance. To change our mind the way we think about situations and circumstances. I get in my automobile and I am thankful for my automobile. And you might say, Well, Pastor, you drive a pretty nice truck, and yes, but I've also had the ones that you had to put a quart of oil in just to get to work <laughs> and then another quart of oil just to get home. Come on, somebody. And I was always thankful then, and I. I remember one time where my car broke down and my motorcycle got stolen that I had for one month and somebody stole it. And I remember having to work 3 to midnight on Thursday and on Wednesday I worked from 6 to 3. So I rode my bicycle 16 miles, this is a true story, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I rode my bicycle to get there because i asked everybody and their brother if they would give me a ride and nobody would give me a ride so i said not a problem i'm not gonna whine i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna be a wimp i'm gonna get on my bike i'm gonna ride so it's a good thing i gave myself two hours to get there because it was a long ride 16 miles in through charlotte and i got there and i remember working three to midnight and i hid in the store inside the grocery store it was a 54,000 square foot facility that I remember hiding and I went up into the women's bathroom when everybody was gone I snuck out I hid in the hid in the cooler this confession's good for the soul isn't this good stuff I hid in the in the cooler cuz I would have had to ride 16 miles back home at midnight or 12:30 in the morning in Charlotte, North Carolina. I just wasn't comfortable in doing that. So I did whatever I could do. And I hid in the store and waited for the store to close. And I went up and I slept in the women's bathroom because they had a lounge, lounger in there. And I remember when they came in in the morning because I had to work at six to three the very next day. And <laughs> I got up. I'd taken an alarm clock off the shelf and plugged it in and used it. That and it went off. And as I opened the woman's door bathroom, in come the lady that worked in the bakery because they would make donuts every morning. And she walked in and she was like, "Oh, hey." I was like, hey, how you doing? Walked right on out. You know, I went in there, clocked in, you know, and went to work. Never told her any different. I was able to get somebody to give me a ride home. I can think of that day and be thankful for my car. I can think of that day and be thankful for somebody to help me. That's been able to. It's not everybody. I can be thankful that day And say, although I had to ride my bike, I learned a lesson from it. I can look at things in my life and I can be bitter or I can be better. So what situations are in your life today that you could look at and say, let me change how I look at that today. And if you're here today and you have not received Jesus, this is a picture that I want to share with you. It's in Christ we move and breathe and have our being. What is it that you're struggling with? Maybe it's outside of the Lord Jesus Christ that you're, you're, you're struggling because you're outside of Him. Does that make any sense to anybody? Do you understand that? And maybe we need to get in Christ and see ourselves in Christ because when we're in Him, we're royalty. We have a plan and a purpose and a destiny. In Him, we move and breathe and have our being. In Him, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. The new has come. Ooh, I got goosebumps on that one. Let me just pray for you and we're going to dismiss. If you need prayer today, we want to give you that opportunity. Let's pray. If you've been trying some things outside of Christ, and maybe you can't overcome a, an addiction or a bondage or maybe your attitude needs to be shifted because you maybe listen to everybody else around you instead of listening to what God is saying. God is for you. He's not against you. So, Father, I'm asking everybody watching us online today that if they've not received Jesus Christ, I'm asking everybody that's here, if they've not made a decision to follow Him, to be in Him, that they'll make that decision today. The Word says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. And maybe those that have made that decision years ago or maybe just recently and find themselves really struggling maybe they're not thankful for the process in which they're going through but they'll become thankful and to know that you're working things out for their good so father I give them an invitation everyone here an invitation to receive Jesus today and maybe you've done that and you want to renew your commitment with him I'm giving you that opportunity today just just say in your heart father forgive me i i accept you as who you are i believe in you i confess that you're lord in my life and my words my confession will line up with what you say about me and forgive me when i speak those things that are really not how you think of me and i begin to walk in newness of life right now father i just release your goodness upon our lives today That we will walk in newness of life. That even today we'll be thankful. Thankful for the things that we have. Even thankful for the things that we don't have. Father, release your goodness. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give the Lord a mighty clap today? Hallelujah. Listen, as we dismiss, there's going to be prayer teams up here today. They're going to pray for you. You go forth in His power and His might. We thank you, and we're looking for some more testimony of how God's moving and the thankfulness of God. So we'll we'll meet you again Wednesday night, 630, and next Sunday. Invite somebody. God bless. Go have a great afternoon.